Hello, welcome to Posting Up, the Washington Post NBA podcast. I'm your host, Tim Montemps, national writer for the Washington Post. Hopefully my dog in the background doesn't make much noise as I'm in New York and he is going insane right now. Uh, but more importantly, on the line is my good friend, Jay King. I am used to saying MassLive.com covering the Celtics. I now am very happy to say uh, working with The Athletic, one of the 7 million hires they've made over the last few months, uh, still covering the Celtics and doing a great job. So first of all, buddy, uh, congrats on the well-deserved new job. And how are things in uh, Celtics land today? Thank you, man. I mean, things aren't too great for the Celtics. Kyrie, <laughs> Kyrie Irving out for four to five months after a uh, bacterial infection. So just another day, another dose of bad injury news for the Celtics. Also, it, thank you. Well, <laughs> it really, it really is crazy the amount of injuries they've had. Now let let we'll get into the the playoff ramifications in a minute. But uh, I just filed a column. This is going to go up Friday morning. By the time this goes up, the column will be up. And my dog is really upset about Kyrie. I think I don't know if anybody can hear him in the background. He's going crazy in the living room. I think. Um, but uh, I, I filed a column for the Post about Kyrie's injury and the potential long-term impact it could have on the franchise. And to me, I really do think this, this should call into question uh, whether the Celtics should consider paying him, uh, you know, a, a, a really big contract, you know, when his deal is up. I mean, you're looking at a guy who can be a free agent next summer. Uh, he's in his first seven years in the league. He's missed more than 15 games four times. He's missed more than 20 games now three times. Uh, he he missed virtually you know two thirds of his one season at Duke because of a toe injury, um, you know I think you know the Celtics really made him the face of their team right when they made that big trade last summer sending Isaiah Thomas and Jay Crowder in the final Brooklyn pick uh, to Cleveland for him and you know I really do wonder if you know all the injuries he's had you know even now in his mid twenties going into his age twenty seven season I, I think you've got to wonder if you're the Celtics is this a guy that you're going to commit you know, five years and close to $200 million to, to keep next summer. Is that, is that a fair question you think that people should ask about Kyrie and the Celtics going forward here? Maybe. The Celtics have acted all along like they're not overly concerned long-term. Like it was a thing that they knew they could have to address at some point. And obviously they didn't think it would be at the end of this season or else they probably would have done it earlier when it didn't jeopardize Irving's playoffs. Um but I don't know. I mean, is a bacterial infection a reason to give you pause? Is something that happened, you know, screws being in, in there from 2015, just having to remove those and the rest of the knee's fine? Is that something to give you pause? Obviously, the Celtics know a lot more than I do. Um, Irving has dealt with other injuries in the past. Like, it's not the only injury he's ever had, like you said. But I, I don't know. Without knowing more, it's tough to know if they should be concerned. They say the knee's structurally sound. Who knows? how concerning it is long-term. Who knows um, what the process will be like to get him back. But four to five months is a long time. I will say that. Four to five months will keep him out for most of the offseason, will hinder what he he does in the offseason to prepare for next year. So Yeah, seems I, mean, like you're talking, I mean, you're talking, I mean, at minimum, he's out until August. And look, this is a guy, this is a guy who really, I think, given his history, he's tended to be on the long side of every recovery timeline. Right. So, I mean, you're thinking, I mean, I think it's fair to assume that he's going to be out until Labor Day. And, you know, if that that means, like you said, his entire summer is wiped out. There's no real training then that's being done. That's if there's no setbacks in any way. Right. I mean, remember, yep. this was this is a guy who a week and a half ago had surgery that was called minimally invasive, which I think we can say now is kind of silly. Uh, to take take some stuff out of it, take some other stuff out of his knee, and was supposed to be out for three to six weeks, 
right? And now yep. 10 days later, he's ruled out for five months. So, I mean, you're right. I, I, I don't want people to think that just because of this one injury, uh, I, I would wonder about keeping him long-term. But, you know, look, in the NBA, you've got to at some point make some choices about who you're going to pay, right? And, you know, by the end of next season, you're going to be, you know, looking at a potential extension for Jalen Brown. You're going to be a year closer to a potential extension for Jason Tatum. Uh, the Celtics are going to hope to get another pick. They're going to have Al Horford, who I think I think next summer he can opt out, right? Didn't he sign a three plus one, two, uh, or did he sign a four year deal? Either way, I think it's four year full. E- either way, you've got you've got him for big money on the books. You've got Gordon Hayward for big money on the books. Um, you know, they, they've got a lot of money they got to put out, and you know, I just think along the same lines as the the Clippers giving Blake Griffin a five year deal for 175 million last summer, right? That was a deal where everybody looked at it and said, man, like. Like if Griffin's really good, but he, that's a that's a lot of money for a long time to play a guy who's had a lot of injuries. But Griffin, Griffin's just, somebody whose whose athleticism has waned, who's yep, like the the very essence of who he was as a basketball player has changed because he just doesn't have the same lift anymore. Yep, Kyrie hasn't had that. Like Kyrie, when he's on the court, has been spectacular. There, it hasn't impacted him when he's on the court. He had a great season. He yes, had the he best did. season probably of his career. So it's it's one of those things where, yes, it's concerning that he's had now two surgeries in the last week and a half. Yes, it's not great. Um, but long term, like Kyrie Irving's still 25 years old. He's still uh, however many five-time All-Star. He's still yep. one of the best guards in the league. So, yeah, I mean, a lot of it obviously is the medical stuff that we don't know exactly. The Celtics swear they've stressed that he's going to be fine long term. But that was before he's undergone two surgeries in the last week and a half. And I, I do think also... Well, and even and the, even remember recently, I mean, Danny Ainge said recently this is something that he, he's going to have to manage for the rest of his career, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I thought that was a pretty, you know, even though he said it on a, a radio show and maybe it was kind of a flippant thing, I mean, that I thought that was a pretty significant announcement to make, right? Like, that's... Like, that's not a that's not a minor thing to say, hey, this guy's got a knee problem. He's got to manage it for the next five or ten years, like, you know, probably a decade or longer. Right. I mean, he's this a guy who probably should be in the NBA till he's 35, 36 and he's 26. And he just said a few things like that. He said when we got him, we knew he wasn't going to play 82 games. We knew the knee was going to force him to be silent for a little while. We we weren't going to be able to play a ton of minutes, yada, yada, yada. So it has been a concern to them the whole time. Obviously, they still thought he was worth the Isaiah Thomas and the Brooklyn pick and Jay Crowder, which was a really big haul. So they weren't too concerned to to pull the trigger on that trade. And obviously Isaiah was damaged goods and uh, far more injured than anyone realized at the time outside of the organization. Right. That's the thing. I think when you look back on it, what did the Celtics really give up? The Celtics gave up the Brooklyn pick, right? Which, you know, look, maybe that, maybe that becomes the number one pick in the draft, right? Maybe, maybe Cleveland gets lucky and it jumps up. I mean, I think right now it's the sixth or seventh pick. Um, But I mean, Isaiah Thomas, I mean, they knew better than anybody, the state he was in. And, you know, Jay Crowder's a nice piece, but he's not an all-star by any stretch. I mean, so they, you know, and they, they by, in trading Isaiah, they got back another point guard. Right? So, I mean, they didn't give up a ton, really, for a guy of Kyrie's stature when you look at what they had and what they gave up. And that's why, to me, I do wonder, you know, kind of the way the Celtics have operated, you know, do they have him for another year? And they go, hey, you know what? Like, next year we've got another high pick. Maybe there's a point guard that's sitting there. Maybe they can trade for somebody. I don't know. I just – I find their situation fascinating. And it, it's just, you know, I, th- this isn't a conversation I really expected to be having when they, they traded for Kyrie. But like you said, you know, and I didn't even really have this – even think this when he had the first surgery. It's like, all right, you take something out of the knee. That's fine. But, I mean, to me, if, if you know, for, for you to say, well, it's just some – and I'm not saying you're saying this. I mean, the Celtics. Like, you read the release yeah. – 
It's like, oh yeah, there was some bacterial infection in there. So we're going to take these screws out. Everything's fine with the knee. He's out for five months. Yeah. You know, it's like, this doesn't, you know, it's, ah, oh, this is routine. This is routine. This is routine. Five month in five month sideline. Like that's, that's a long time. And to me, that makes this a pretty serious thing. And it, I think that his contract situation next summer, uh, when there's a ton of teams with cap space around the league, um, you know, I think it's going to be fascinating to see, you know, do the Celtics just go all in and, and stick with him? Uh, or, or do they, you know, consider going elsewhere? I, I think that's going to be a storyline that's, that's going to come up a lot next season. We'll see. I mean, I'm, I'm not as convinced as you are. <laughs> I, I still and I don't even mean, when I, say, when I say, when I say storyline that comes up, I don't mean, yeah. I don't mean he's leaving or that they won't pay him. I just mean that to me, like, like, look next year to me, if Ky, like Kyrie's health is going to be a huge storyline. Cause if, yeah. look, if he plays 75 games next year, which he's done, which I think he's done two of the last three years before this 70 or seven, more than 70, I think if he plays 70 plus games next year, like they're not, there's not going to be any doubt about signing him. Right. But if he plays 55 again or 60, you know, I, I don't know. I, I just, I just think it'll be, I, I think his health and the, the state of the team, I, I really think that's going to be a, a big storyline to watch next year with them and to see if that does start to impact, you know, potentially how they look at their future. Yeah, I mean, it could. And especially, you know, Al Horford, he's, he's only got two years left after this one. So all of a sudden you're going to be looking at maybe do move Al Horford next year before his final year or whatever the case may be. So they'll, they'll have questions moving forward. They'll have, even this summer, are you going to pay Marcus Smart to, to stick around? He's a restricted free agent. Can you pay both Smart and Rozier? Right, do you, try to, extend, to, be, do you try to extend Rozier this summer? Um, you know, yeah. do you, do you try to, do you try to do something with Marcus Morris who has one year left on his deal? Um, yeah. And Horford does have a team op. He has an option for 2019. Uh, and, and, and Hayward Gordon Hayward has one for 2020. I mean, that's the thing with these NBA contracts. Now, if you sign a guy for four years with a fourth year option, like it's not that long of a time, right? So, I mean, next year you've got Kyrie and Horford with, with, with options for 2019. They could both be free agents that summer. Um, you know, there it's, it, it is funny, like, and it, th- this in no way is like me trying to criticize the Celtics at all. I just think it, for a team that's in such a good place long term, right, with a couple of young guys who look like they could be studs and Brown and Tatum and more picks on the way and Rogier's developing nicely and all these guys, it is interesting how, how much they've got going on over these next couple of years to figure out what, what their future is going to look like because it can go in a lot of different directions. And I think today's news, you know, kind of reminds everybody, at least to me, of, the different ways that it can go here, you know, there's just a lot. There's just a lot at play. Yeah, and I mean, they still haven't seen how Hayward and Kyrie and Horford are going to fit together. Yep. And then you've got the questions of, well, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are going to keep growing. How much does that impact things with Kyrie and things with Hayward and everybody else? Like Terry Rozier, he's played great as a starter. How is he going to handle going back to the bench? So there are a lot of questions that in, internal growth will force upon them too. So, yeah, I mean, but those are good problems to have for the most part. Obviously, the, for sure. the injury thing, the injury thing is really tough. And and who knows what will happen with his knee? Who knows how this will impact him in the future? If he comes back healthy next year and he's fine, they're going to have a monster season. And But if he doesn't, then a lot of questions come up about their future. Yeah. I mean, look, like you said, right, this is these are problems about 25 teams in the league would die to have. You know, <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. not, it's by, by no means is this say, is this a podcast that's supposed to sound like the Celtics are screwed. They, they in no way are. I just, to me, it just makes them far more interesting than they were even a day ago, because it, it really does open up some legitimate questions to me about their future. But that said, we don't have a ton of time. So let's pivot to the immediate short term. Uh, 
the Gordon Hayward stuff, as we've talked about privately, has always been very silly. He was never coming back this year. Uh, the fact that he like just kind of started jogging <laughs> the other day, uh, I think, is proof of how far away he was. The fact that Kyrie is now out, it would be ridiculous to even attempt to try to bring him back at some it point. It would be it would be insanity to bring him and, back and, at this and, point. And, There's and no you, point, right? And as you've said uh, repeatedly, you know, in your writing and, and everywhere else on the on your your own pod and stuff, the, these guys have been pointing towards next season to get everybody back healthy and ready to go. So you have Kyrie out, you have Hayward out. You have uh, Marcus Smart out probably for at least the entire first round of the playoffs, maybe farther, um, after having surgery on his thumb. Um, where, where do you and the, the, you know that said the Celtics have had a nice run here; they're kind of locked into the two seed. Where do you handicap Boston um, in terms of their chances of getting out of the first round? And with and with the three teams down there fighting for that seven spot: Miami, Washington, and Milwaukee. How do you rank those teams in terms of who would be the best matchup for? Uh, the Celtics to face to try to get out of that first round and back to the second. I think Washington's the scariest first round matchup. I think that's pretty obvious. John Wall's back. Bradley Beal's fantastic. That team starting five gave the Celtics all sorts of troubles last year in the playoffs. They've been there before. They've they've played playoff series together. They've they've proven they can be a really tough out. So Wizards number one to me is the team the Celtics don't want to face. I think second is Miami. I think they can go small. They can go with Dragic and Tyler Johnson and Josh Richardson and play a lot of speedy guards and Celtics just don't have point guards anymore. They just have a lot of guys, right? Like Miami <laughs> yeah. has Eric Spolstra and like 12 solid NBA players. Yeah. Like they don't have, and, they don't I, have I like super, they don't have like superstar guys, but like, I just, I, I'm with you. I, I think, I mean, I, I just think Miami is kind of a boring team because they don't yeah. have anybody that's really like pops off the except, screen at except you. Except when Hassan Whiteside pops off. <laughs> right. <laughs> except when he pops off at Spolstra. Yeah. Uh, right. But they, they can just play so many different ways with the pieces they have. And Spolstra is such a good coach that uh, I, I'm with you. I, I think they could, they could present a lot of different issues for, um, for Boston if they played them. And you, and then you have Milwaukee as the team they would definitely like to play of, of those three, if they can get them right. Yeah. Cause I just, I mean, obviously Giannis scares the hell out of you. Giannis is unreal. He's not going to be stopped in a playoff series. I just don't think that team around him is any good. I right. don't think. I'm with you there. Yeah. I'm, I'm so with you there. Milwaukee is pre- pretty clearly to me the team the Celtics would want to face in the first round. And then second round, I mean, yeah, Marcus Smart could come back, but all of a sudden Celtics are in trouble. Before it was like my podcast co-host Sam Packer tweeted this, which was which was right. Uh, he, he tweeted, you know, before it was win the first round, get Kyrie and Smart back, try to get out of the second round. Now it's win the first round, hope Smart comes back, and hope your top-ranked defense can give somebody hell. Well, I mean, I, I think that's maybe even, allow you to I get I think by. that's even a lot. I mean, to me, it's I mean, it, to me, it's hope to get out of the first round. Period. I mean that. I mean, yeah, I, and, I, and then it's going to be Cleveland or Philly, and both those teams are playing great right now. Obviously, LeBron is LeBron, and Simmons and Embiid and all those guys are just playing so well. So I do think getting out of the second round is going to be a real, real challenge for Boston now. I, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I think it's impossible. Maybe even getting to the point. second round will be really yeah, tough. Yeah, I mean, wh- would you – do you have the Celtics favored to beat all the three of those teams in a playoff series right now? I think Washington, our favorite to beat Boston. Um, so Boston Boston will still have a top defense. Like, their defense is still going to be great just yep. because Kyrie Kyrie, Kyrie wasn't helping their that, defense. I that, think we can all, doesn't I think impact we can all agree on that. <laughs> yeah. So, so they're still going to get a lot of stops. They'll still be in every game. But – since Kyrie went down, 
they've had the 25th ranked offense, and they've done that while being first in three-point percentage. So they've been hot as hell, and they still have one of the worst offenses in the league during that stretch. So imagine when they go cold a little bit. Right. <laughs> so I just don't think they have quite enough offensively to to put anybody away. And if they get in a shootout with someone like Cleveland, they're in trouble. And I think because they don't have a lot of guards, Miami can can really give them problems with the speed, with Justice Winslow at the four and all the little guys they got going out there. So Brad Stevens just doesn't have nearly as many options as he did at the beginning of the season. Uh, Daniel Tice is another absence that we haven't even talked about oh, yet. Oh, yeah, that's right. I, I even forgot that, about him, right? He And he's, yeah. been, he's been a really, really nice piece for them. If you enjoyed this podcast and are interested in learning more about the NBA, you can get my weekly NBA newsletter, the Monday Morning Post-Up, delivered right to your inbox every Monday morning at 8 a.m. To do so, please go to wapo.st slash postupnewsletter to subscribe. You'll get an original column from me, links to my work from the past week, links to work from both my colleagues at the Washington Post and other writers from around the web about the league, a viewing guide for the week ahead, and some dining and pop culture recommendations. Again, to subscribe to the Monday Morning Post-Up, please go to wapo.st slash postupnewsletter and start your week off right with everything you need to know about the NBA. Yeah, so that matters too. I mean, now they have four guy, two all-stars and two of their best bench players all season will miss the first round. And in Kyrie and Hayward's case and Tyson's case, they'll miss the entire playoffs. So it, all of a sudden, the team that could have been the conference favorites if everybody was healthy or at least close to the conference favorites are now, you know, they'll be in a dogfight round one and, and just hoping to get enough points from Terry Rozier and Marcus Morris and Jason Tatum to, to get by. Well, and to me, that's the that's the problem for the Celtics, right? It's the, they just can't score. And, and you know this from covering the league for a long time. Like, Brad Stevens has done an, an awesome job this year, right? Like, maximize that roster. They have a great defense with a bunch of mismatched pieces. They, they, they've found ways to win games that they should never have won with the amount of guys they've had out. Um, but that being said, when you get into a playoff series and you have seven games against one team, teams can really drill down on every weakness you've got. And it's really more about, like, what we – like, uh, to me, like, the regular season is about – maximizing your strengths and the playoffs are about minimizing your weaknesses and not giving teams something they can really attack or take advantage of. And I, when I look at the Celtics, like their game last night, their, the other night against Toronto is a great example. Like that, you know, final score of that game is 96, 78. Right. And I, it just, it just feels like when they're playing a good team in the playoffs, that's locked in on them. I just think it's going to be so hard for Boston to score enough points um, to win games. They're going to need a guy like Jason Tatum as a rookie to, you know, probably be their leading scorer in a playoff series to win a series. Um, yeah, they'll which, need him to play point guard. They'll right. need him to do way more than they initially intended. Right, and, which is just a ton, which is which is just a ton. To, and he, I think he's going to be a really good player. But, like, it's just a whole lot to ask for a young guy like that. Like, I'm looking right now. Let's try to go through their playoff rotation quick. It'd be, what, Rozier's going to start with Jalen in the backcourt, with Jalen Brown in the backcourt, right? Yep. And then Tatum, they'll probably Horford, go Tatum, Baines. Horford, Baines. And then what would their what would their bench Marcus Lark, Morris would Larkin, come off the bench Larkin Larkin, Larkin Morris, was hurt Larkin was hurt the other night right he would be playing yeah. Larkin Morris and Monroe and do you go beyond that maybe Shemi Ojale well, they'd have to play Ojale right to have another wing player yeah I, I mean I guess but Stevens is going to have to really cut down the rotation I think because 
He's yeah, played, like played, played minutes. 17 minutes the other night. Like, yeah, I mean, that's Abdul Nader has been playing a lot. So right. he's going to have to cut down the rotation. They're going to have to play a lot of guys, a lot of minutes. Right. And like, if, like you said, if they're playing Washington and you've got, you know, the, the wizards can roll out their starting five plus Ubre and, um, you know, a couple other pieces off the bench, like they can go 40 minutes with John Wall and Bradley Beal. Like that's, that's tough to beat, Right. If yeah, you're the, if you're the, if you're the Celtics with this banged up, I mean, it, it really is a shame because I, I wanted to see, you know, even after the Hayward injury, as well as they were playing like this Celtics team, even without Hayward, I thought had a chance to be really interesting in the playoffs because they could not be a team that with a great defense and with Kyrie Irving making, you know, scoring 35 points and, and making clutch baskets is a team that would have been a really tough out. Right. Yeah. That, that was the formula. Right. You know, right. So the formula was get, get a ton of stops and have Kyrie do awesome things and have Brown and Tatum and Horford all be really useful and hope your defense is good enough with Kyrie. And now, now it's just like all defense all the time and hope that guys playing in bigger roles than they should have can kind of play out of their, their minds and exceed expectations for themselves throughout an entire series, which is going to be tough to ask. Um, it, it it's just the Kyrie news is, is really tough for them this season. I mean, who knows what it means long term, but but right now for sure, that, that's a tough hit to their chances. I, I do think you know. I mean, who knows who knows if Cleveland is for real? Who knows if, how far LeBron can carry that team? Right. He's he's still LeBron. There are questions I think about them though. There are questions about the Raptors based on what they've done in the past. So every everybody had questions before now, but the Celtics with Kyrie, I think they might have had chance of advancing out of the east now that's just not going to happen anymore right like and now i mean teams should be scrambling to get the seventh seed it's it's going to be incredible to see what washington miami and well that milwaukee do to try to get that seventh it's dude it's it's going to be a wild final few games so miami miami has got 43 they all have 36 losses miami has 43 wins they play the knicks tomorrow that should be a win they play the thunder in oklahoma city on monday I don't know if that's a win or not. I'm going to say it's a loss. Um, actually, no, they have the Thunder at home. I take that back. They have two games at home. Thunder at home Monday, Raptors at home Wednesday. Um, you know, they have the tiebreakers on everybody. So I, chances are they're going to win at least one of those games. Toronto has nothing to play for in that last game. They're going to rest everybody, I'm sure. Um, I, I think the Miami's, I think, almost definitely going to end up with the sixth seed. Um, and then you've got Washington, who plays Boston on Tuesday at home. Uh, in a game that could, you know, for both teams, could be an interesting game. Do the Celtics try to, you know, throw that game to, or, you know, or win that game maybe to try to make sure they don't play Washington and get Milwaukee instead? Milwaukee has a really soft schedule. They play um, Orlando, I want to say Orlando, Brooklyn, and New York. Uh, and then they play, the, they play the Sixers in their final day of the season when the Sixers might have nothing to play for and might be sitting everybody. So, like, every game down the stretch here for these teams, like people in Boston are going to be watching what they're all doing. These teams are all going to be watching what they're doing. Cause I mean, you know, this like when I covered the nets in 2014, the nets went out of their way not to play the bulls in the first round to get Toronto instead. Like there's no question. Like if people don't think that teams, that they have the ability to don't try to manipulate this stuff, there's no question that they do. And they want to try to, they want to try to steer themselves a certain matchups. They'll sit their star players, certain games, they'll do different stuff. And uh, I'm with you. It's going to be fascinating to see how teams try to jockey that. Because, look, no disrespect to the, to the Celtics. We've had a great season. But if, I, I think if your choice is do we play a full-strength Raptors team, LeBron, maybe Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, or the Celtics with their two best players out, 
I think, yeah. you know, I, I think the Celtics are, are, you know, are the pretty easy choice there. It's the obvious choice. And those th- three teams are all tied. So it's going to be <laughs> just, just incredible to see how they try to outmaneuver each other for the seventh seed. It's going to be a lot of fun. You better have a lot of hotel rooms booked all over the place, man. Uh, Everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> so well, let's let, I know you got to get out of here and record your own pod with Sam, but uh, before you go, um, like I said at the top, you're, you're, you're one of the many new hires of the Athletic and the new Boston site, uh, which is an awesome hire for them and a great move for you. And before you, uh, before you go, I just wanted you to talk a bit about it and uh, why you went there and what you hope to achieve now that you're there. Yeah, I'm su- so I'm super pumped about the staff they put together. Uh, outside of me, they put together a bunch of great writers, Jeff Howe on Patriots, Chad Jennings and Jim McCaffrey on uh, Red Sox, and then Fluto Shinzawa, uh, who used to write at the Boston Globe for the Bruins. So it's it's an awesome staff. Uh, I love the fact that I'll be able to dig into more meaningful stories so I won't have the same pressures to react to every report, every rumor, every single piece of news that I had uh, at my previous job. So I'm really excited. I, I, I'm pumped to see what we can do as a team. I'm, I'm pumped to kind of join a lot of the athletics writers across the NBA. A lot of my favorite writers cover teams for the athletic, uh, including Jason Lloyd, Anthony Slater, a lot of other guys. So I'm, I'm just excited about the opportunity. I'm, I'm pumped for our launch on Tuesday. Yeah, you should be, man. It's it's a it's a great it's a great move for you. I'm excited for you. It's and uh and and look at you. You're now you're writing. I, I assume you wrote something about Kyrie. People will be able to find today, even though the site isn't up. Is that is that correct, or will you not be able to? Yeah. So I was at the Red Sox game, and uh, <laughs> the Kyrie stuff happened. So I had to leave the Red Sox game before it even started. It was opening day. It was a Celtics off day. I don't even have a website to write on. I figured I'd be cool. Um, but no, the Celtics always have an injury no matter what. So, so I, had to, I had to jet home and and write for, I don't even know where the, the piece will go. I assume somewhere else on The Athletic because the Boston site hasn't even launched yet. But so the site, the piece, the site launches The piece will Tuesday? be up at some point. Yes. Okay. And do you want to give people uh, a way to subscribe? I assume you have some kind of a launch deal or something? The, theathletic.com slash Boston launch. I think it, it amounts to like three forty nine per month. You'll get a free T-shirt if you subscribe. Free T-shirt. And Look at you. Free T-shirt. Does it have and, Jay and King's get, face on it? It should. It should. I, I'm. I'm pretty sure it does not have my face on it. That's. That's uh, a real mistake. Yeah, they, they would have gotten a lot more subscribers if they did. <laughs> I'm sure. But but no, and then if you if you subscribe to us, you get the entire athletic, which and they've put together a staff of awesome writers everywhere. So I, I've I've been a subscriber for a long time. I I can't stress more that people should should get it. Not to read me, but to read everybody else I work with. <laughs> well, they should also get it to read you. But there are yeah. I I have we both have many friends working there. Uh, now that you're also working there, and uh, I'm uh, yeah, it's a, it's it's definitely worth subscribing to. People definitely should. So uh, before and then and then I know you're gonna do your own pod. Pump that out before you uh, before you uh, before you depart here. Tell people where they can find the Rain and Jays pod too. The, so search for Locked On Celtics wherever you get your podcast, iTunes, Spotify, wherever else, and you'll be able to find me. Listen to me Monday through Friday, daily Celtics podcast. We're the only daily Celtics podcast and the greatest Celtics podcast ever. <laughs> not not modest as usual. I like it. Um, but all right, Jay. Thanks thanks for doing this, man. I appreciate it, and uh, I'll, I'll see you down the road, man. Congrats again on the gig. Thanks, brother. Appreciate it.
All right, thank you to Jay for doing the podcast. Really appreciate it. Be sure to go follow Jay on Twitter at ByJKing. Um, really good dude, great writer. I'm really thrilled for him with his new gig. He's going to do a great job on the Celtics beat. So be sure to go check that out over at The Athletic. As for me, you can find me on Twitter at Tim Bontemps, on Facebook at Tim Bontemps NBA, or in the pages of the Washington Post or on our website at washingtonpost.com slash sports. Please go find the podcast wherever you subscribe to podcasts, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, Radio Public, TuneIn, uh, wherever else you get it. Give us a five-star rating and review. It really helps us out a lot. Thank you to Glenn Yoder and Western States for the theme music for the podcast. Glenn is a big Mavs fan, hoping hoping that uh, he gets some lottery luck next month and the Mavs jump up in the lottery and get you know, a piece to kind of help transition from the Dirk era. That'd be good for him, for the rest of the Mavs fans. Uh, be sure to go check out our other podcasts, like Can He Do That, Constitutional, Fantasy Football Beat During Football Season, Letters from War. Uh, we've got a lot of good stuff coming in the podcast realm. Uh, I really hope you guys go check it out. There's a lot of exciting stuff there. Go to WashingtonPost.com slash podcast for that. Uh, thanks again to Jay. Uh, glad he came on. I've done a busy day for him. Uh, thanks to Nick Friedel for coming on earlier in the week. Going to try to get back to an at least a two-episode-a-week uh, swing here as we get in towards the playoffs. Um, got at least a couple lined up for next week that I think will be good. So uh, until then, thank you as always to all of you for listening, and we'll be back again soon.